0: There's a lineage that started all the way back thousands of miles away in India and is now being realized on 20th Street in New York City in the face of a global pandemic. And But we're all here and we're, we're, we're rising above and we're, we're staying connected and true to our dreams.
1: So I've been following my next guest for quite a while now. He has been doing some amazing work for the South Asian community and also throwing some pretty epic parties. I definitely tried to get invited to one. Hailing from Dallas, Texas, what's up, Dallas? Manish Goyal told me that his father started the first Indian restaurant, India House, in Dallas. Goyal is a self-acclaimed, insatiable people person. I hear that and was determined to open the next great restaurant in NYC, which had to be Indian given his roots. And man, did he do that. Manish Goyal is the founder and partner at Sona and Sona Home. He is partners with Priyanka Chopra. Some of you may have heard of her and is also the founder and CEO at Pineapple Co. We talk about it all from his upbringing in good old Texas, To challenges he faces in the restaurant industry, to how he wants to be remembered by those he loves. We had a blast talking and I am crossing my fingers for a future potential Sona Dallas. You heard it here first, guys. Please enjoy my interview with Manish Goyal. So I'm going to kind of do a little bit of house cleaning here, because I know you are the founder and CEO at Pineapple Co., and that's kind of your umbrella, correct, where all your endeavors lie? Of course, I was researching and LinkedIn researching, and I was like, whoa, it's like founder, 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 founder. So I was like, okay, let me rewind. You have a few endeavors under this umbrella, and I'm just going to name them and let me know if this is still going on. You have MKG, which is your marketing agency. Live in the Gray, which is another consultancy that focuses on work-life divide. You have Pink Sparrow, an independent design and scenic fabrication shop. And then you have 214, which is a boutique brand strategy and design agency. Am I correct on all this, under all this one umbrella?
0: You are correct, but the chapter that has unfolded is that in late 2019, Miraculously, really, just before the lockdown and before the pandemic put everything to a halt, I actually sold the vast majority of those businesses. so they're they're alive and well, but they're no longer under the pineapple Co umbrella, and I, I'm, I kind of shout from the sidelines to support the businesses. but really now my focus has become and is a pivot into hospitality with the homewares as well, which is all connected to experience. And so I am now really focused my energy on Sona, Sona Home, and then the other hospitality venture and venue that I have in New York called Temple, Temple Bar. Bar. Right,
1: right. Oh, I, I have all these questions. I was reading about you. I was like, oh my God, he's from Dallas. And oh my God, your dad started India House. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. We, of course we know India House. Quick question on India House. Is this the same chain that lives like in Chicago or is this totally independent?
0: So totally independent. So my dad was a young immigrant and settled in Dallas with my mom and I'm the youngest of three. So I was actually born in Dallas. My brother and sister were born in Rochester because at the time he worked for Xerox and Xerox, which is HQ in Rochester, Xerox transferred him to Dallas And it was then that he looked around and he realized that there's not a single Indian restaurant, not just in the city of Dallas, but in the entire state of Texas. And so in 1975, two months after I was born, he opened India House, which was an independent, first of its kind, his real entrepreneurial ambition and vision coming into fruition. And he opened this full service Indian restaurant while he was still at Xerox, because he he couldn't leave the job yet, and so it was just you know I really have always not only recognized but and and honored the way in which he stepped into becoming an entrepreneur, but also like to step into his identity as an immigrant and in as an Indian now an Indian American living in Dallas in the seventies and introducing a cuisine that let's be honest Texans are Texans and especially in the 1970s, to try to encourage them to try something other than meat and potatoes was, a, was a, a feat. And so ultimately, he left his job at Xerox and he ran the restaurant. And so my boyhood was spent in that restaurant. Nights, weekends, anytime that I wasn't in school, it felt like we were at India House. And so that was a very important chapter, an early chapter, a young chapter, but an important chapter for me. And he had the restaurant for just about a decade. And then he had to close it, and it was at that time that he kind of took off in in a few different entrepreneurial ways. But any other India houses were not his; like his was the one and only. And he didn't stay in the India. He ha- he tried another restaurant. Then he had a beer and wine store. You know, so he became a bit of an entrepreneur. But he had one and only Indian restaurant, which was India House, from 1975 to I think 1983 on Mockingbird Lane, right? In Dallas.
1: Great area. Well, first of all, that's that's very OG of him. And at that time, I say our parents as immigrants coming here in the 60s and 70s were the original entrepreneurs, no matter yeah, what right. they did. But the fact that he actually, at that time, left his nine to five to pursue this is pretty crazy. Like, I mean, amazing.
0: And especially when you think about how we sometimes think too far into the future and, and and we put our own shackles on our hands, our feet, our dreams. He had, if he thought too far, maybe he wouldn't have done it. But I mean, he had three young kids, a wife who had only, you know, been in America with him, arranged marriage, you know, the whole thing. But he said, I'm going to, I think this is, this is the right path. Right. And this is the right, this is what's good for me and good for our family. And I'm going to take some risks. And it, it's very impressive that those risks manifested. Because there's a lot of reasons to crave, especially as you said, immigrants are the original entrepreneurs, to crave stability. And so to actually, you know, to shun stability and say, actually, I'm going to take some risks. That's very, it's very impressive.
1: Right, right. I mean, the main, one of the main reasons for our parents to come here was the st- stability, right? And having that that nine okay. to five job. So kudos to uncle. That's amazing. And obviously, hospitality is in your blood, I know I read somewhere that you are an insatiable people person, exactly like me. We're like brother or sister. And so it, for me, you know, the, the question of the impetus to start Sona makes sense. I'm not even going to ask you that. I'm going to more go into the partnership with Chef Hari Nayak and then Brianka Chopra, of course, as your creative consultant. How did it all come together?
0: Yeah, so really, it's the best dream of how people come together. So... The original idea was that at this point, I, I could clearly identify myself as a New Yorker. I had lived here, I moved here in 1999, and I knew that this was my home and it felt like my forever home. But also, I was a consummate diner. I was going right. out all the time. And I recognized and I would get asked the question often Oh, Manish, you seem like a fun guy who kind of knows what's hot, what's new, what's next. Where should I have Indian food? And and truly and literally, I was I was stunned by my lack of an engaged response to say, well, I can tell you maybe some hole in the wall places. I can tell you some like the some, rolls. like yeah, sa- satisfy a craving kind right. of place. But I can't tell you like what you're asking me, which is like a fun, vibey, hot, sexy, and delicious place. And so that really occurred to me, and it was just at around the same time that through. Priyanka's longtime manager Anjula Acharya, who I had become friends with, Anjula really was the one who said, "Who said, Manish? I think that maybe there's a, a way that we all can link myself, and of course Priyanka can also become part of this team because Priyanka, as we know, is unabashedly Indian, but she had really pivoted and was moving her career into America, and and so it felt like, and food is so core to to our Indian experience. And so that's how Priyanka and Jula kind of masterminded this team. And the funny thing is, is i had already started my chef search because this was a dream that would one day be realized. And these things you just chip away at. So I'd actually started a search and I had really identified Hari and it was a pretty arduous process and one that took a long time. And I interviewed chefs yeah. from around the world and you know, I had to get the chef part really right. And so we were pretty much locked in. And then Priyanka joined the team. And it was kind of funny because I said, oh, chef, we have to basically pretend like we're meeting for the first time because if Priyanka's not down, then sorry. But, you know, yeah. like it's like she, she has some say. Yeah, she definitely. And she most importantly, has a vision and understands what can work. And so the tastings that then we did more tastings. And, you know, I really respect Priyanka for so many reasons, but I love the fact that she was like, okay, I'm going to do a tasting, but then I want my mom to do a tasting. And then at the time she was, I don't think she was married yet, but she was definitely dating Nick. And she was like, I want Nick to do a tasting. And so, you know, because she's like, these are our target customers. And so, and so it was really great. And then shortly thereafter, it became clear that we were the right team and we were a team to pull it all together. So that's kind of how it came together. But it was really a. It was one that was born out of a real passion and drive and heart that was really driving the, the entire experience.
1: Was this all happening during pre pandemic kind of during, cause you you guys have been open up for about two years now.
0: Yeah. So in fact, just last week we celebrated our two year anniversary. Yeah. So this was all pre pandemic. Okay. So this was really, I think if I'm going to get the dates right around 17, 18 and in 19 and in 19, we spent most of the time now knowing that we were a solid team. We spent most of our time trying to look for a location, and we had had some starts and stops. We were a startup team, and at that time, I feel like especially pre-pandemic, that landlords just had much more power in the sense that they could really define who they wanted in their space. They didn't want to just get their space rented. They they had a little bit of a say in who would it be in, and arguably they could make the case that why would I have a team that's unproven. A restaurant team that's that's brand new or what right. right. So, so they might have gone with other people and we and we faced that to be honest. We we lost some spaces that we thought would be great spaces and then we ultimately found a space, signed a lease in 2019, which is a big, big step for us, and we broke ground on the space in January of 2020. Wow. Yeah. So you can imagine and with the goal to say like, okay, we're gonna be open by like kind of soft opening by August and then really be ready to hit the gate and um, hit, hit the ground in September of that year because you know, right around fashion week. And right. you know, we just felt like the right time people are back in New York in the fall. And it felt like the perfect time to open. And of course that was derailed because of the pandemic, but we didn't impressively, I think to our credit, we just kept saying like, what's the pathway that this project still has life. And it would have been very easy because we were so early into construction, we hadn't really spent that much between the time we mobilized in January and then the lockdown in March. We could have just thrown in the towel, but we very decidedly said, we're going to see if we can do whatever it takes to renegotiate with our landlord, to redo timelines, to think about what it means to open in this new world that we're in. But we ultimately did open and we opened, as I said, just last week, two years ago. So at the very end of March, the last week of March of 2021, we opened.
1: Congratulations. That's amazing.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Obviously, we all follow Sona. I've seen many amazing events there. I have Tons of friends talk about it. And you share these events and experiences on, on social media. But I'm wondering personally for you, what has been one of your favorite experiences or dinners that you've had at Sona?
0: I think it would probably be In April of 2021, so probably just shy of a month or so after we first opened our doors. And at that time, I mean, it was such a different world, but there was a real proliferation of the vaccine, right? Right. And so people were getting vaccinated and we were showing our vaccine cards, et cetera, you know, for for those that were vaccinated. And I mentioned that only because my parents, who still live in Dallas— Got vaccinated and they came to New York in April of 2021, and I think my mother wore a beautiful sari the first day she came, and I, it was just and I w- it was just a very important moment for me the day that my parents first stepped foot into the restaurant because of the pandemic they weren't there at all during the construction phase et cetera. and so they first stepped foot into the uh, this fully realized restaurant and they just it was real joy. And I think for my parents, it was a, it was a bit overwhelming to imagine that four decades later that a restaurant would once again be in our family, but not just a restaurant, but an Indian restaurant and their son who was born and raised in Dallas and has, has only had an American passport has found a connection to his roots and his heritage and has opened again, an Indian restaurant. And it was a full circle moment. It was a moment of pride. It was a moment of of real recognition that there's a lineage that started all the way back thousands of miles away in India and is now being realized on 20th street in New York city in the face of a global pandemic. And, but we're all here and we're, we're, we're rising above and we're, we're staying connected and true to our, our dreams. And, and that really was, I think that that moment was, was probably one of the most important moments. That's what I'll always remember.
1: That's like a ding, ding, ding moment, right? Where you're just like, wow, everything comes full circle. I mean, I'm emotional thinking about it, like just thinking about your parents and and what they had gone through.
0: They had gone through, and and how almost like 50 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so many setbacks, and so many challenges, and so many risks involved. And I think they could recognize that because they had never been in the business. They were, you know, new immigrants, and and trying to expose Texans to their culture. And I was in some ways trying to do the same in my own lens, through my own lens and through our own lens. And so it was just really, really a a, a, a big move for us.
1: We are, I always say this in my interviews. I, I just always, my, my podcast has been like a therapy session for me, 110 episode therapy yeah. session. But I'm all, you know, just every time I, I talk to a guest, we just realize wow, like we are what our parents have done for, us. I mean, we know it, you know, but like talking talking about it and talking about the stories and what they went through, just it makes you realize how lucky we are. I'm like, I hope I can have that kind of impact on my kids, you know? <laughs> I'm hoping I'm yeah, half I, as useful as my parents.
0: Yeah, and it's hard to imagine that we can be because part of their impact and their help is entirely born out of their lived experience of leaving one to move to the other. And that was something that we will not know. I'm sure you've traveled a lot and moved a lot, but it's, it's a bit different when you've got your family and you, you, you know, you kind of, you're a little bit more in control. What they did was very, It was really the they were walking into the unknown, right? And they were leaving behind because this was well before the days of any kind of technology that would allow. It was like those they're they're writing those
1: blue letters in those blue envelopes. Totally, yes, yes.
0: And so, because of that, you know, like they were really going and leaving, yeah. And and that that's something that we will not really ever experience or know. And I think because of that, I hope that we can be as helpful. We just have to find other ways and manifest it in different ways because our stories will never be the same. But I think there's a lot that we can glean from their stories. Yeah,
1: just I'm trying not to be a helicopter parent. That's like my big thing. So I'm just like, okay, I got to chill. Got to chill. So let's talk about Sona a little bit. I, You know, obviously, menu is amazing. I looked at it all. I'm not going to ask you your favorite dish. I'm going to ask you what you think is the most unique dish you guys have to offer that no one else
0: does. That's a great question. There's so much on our menu that I'm so proud of. And I think one of the reasons that I'm most proud of it is that we have really taken the age-old flavors of India and in some ways put them through a New York lens. And so that's what's very cool. You don't go to a a, a great New York restaurant without having oysters on the menu. You don't go to a great New York restaurant without having steak on the menu. And, And so... We have really looked to say, of course, there's amazing vegetarian options, but we also pork chops and we have our lamb chops. And, and you know, like, so I just feel so proud that we have, we, we want to meet people where they are, which is in, you know, arguably the greatest city in the world or one of the greatest cities in the world. For sure the greatest. And I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think, I think it's the greatest. <laughs> yeah. And so being that we are all here, but we really want to experience India and Indian cuisine, Let's marry the two, and that's what we've done beautifully. I mean, New York is synonymous for pizzas, and like so, we have our Malai mushroom pizza, and we have our butter chicken pizzas, and like, and they're pizzas, and they're delicious, yeah. and they and they it really does, I think, lend itself to a lot of smiles, and people will taste them, and they say, "Oh my god," oh, you know, right. and they're super, you know, our pizzas are super thin, and they're and it, it's the perfect entry point into you know, it's kind of we we always tell guess to have one as a mid course in between your first and second cuz they're super light and fun and everyone will grab a slice and you know and Well the, I think the, it makes it more work.
1: relatable right to those first timers as well. You don't want to just come into the restaurant and be like what does this menu mean?
0: Yeah, it, it, it's part of the reason that we didn't ever want to just be a chana masala sad paneer restaurant because a there's a lot of that and you can get amazing dishes like that but also we had to do something that that made us feel like it was uniquely sona right and uniquely us and uniquely different and I think that's a lot of where Priyanka has ha- added a lot of support and insight because she's so global and she has had Indian food all over the world right and, and she really knows how to represent this culture and, and our cuisine and so she's really helped to push us in in ways that are really globally minded which is which is Amazing. She's like one of the best bridges we have, right? She is, yeah. and, and, and in my opinion, she is the not to be grandiose, but she's she's an icon in the sense that of which there hasn't been before, and I don't know who will follow in her footsteps, you know, because because of course it's, I love the proliferation of South Asian personalities that are emerging from America mm-hmm. and and, and are, are finding their voice, but for Priyanka to have Spent the vast majority of her life in India being born in India and started in one industry and then pivoted to another, which is no small feat, and one that I think that personalities from all over the world would 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 love to do, but it's it's nearly impossible, especially as a, let's be honest, as a woman of color. And and you know, I would say it's like it's no surprise that there's a lot of Europeans and Australians in the entertainment business in America. Because maybe you know, like those doors are a little bit more open. But then, if you got a Indian woman trying to make it in America, I mean, it's not it's not the same. It's like where do you as, where do you if,
1: place her, right? Yeah, where do you place her? Where yeah, do you put? and,
0: and it's, it's just so impressive. And and now the tentacles in which she has her her hands on so many different things, her and Anj- what her and Jula have created and built is is nothing shy of remarkable. And so I think that that's kind of that global mindset. It's we sometimes say that Sona is like. Someone's invitation to experience the glamour of global India because sometimes people don't recognize the, how glamorous India is, and we want people to recognize the art, the music, right. The the spirit, the dishware. And We're so cool. That's, that's We're cool lot.
1: people. Cool.
0: Yes, I know. And it's almost sad that we have to tell people, but we we do. But now I think people more and more are starting to recognize it on their own. Right. Right. Just not.
1: A quick side note: I just heard Priyanka's interview on Armchair Expert. Have you heard it?
0: yeah uh, yeah. just recently.
1: I mean, that's my favorite podcast. And I think the one big takeaway from that for me, and you know this, being obviously she's this huge, the biggest Bollywood star and having the guts and courage to leave that behind and come here and in a way, start over again and have to put her ego off the table and and do, you know, tryouts and, you know, go to meetings where people don't know her. I think that's the biggest indication on who she is, right? Um, yeah. having, having to do that. Anyways, it was an amazing episode. You should definitely hear it. I believe you guys, did you guys open in Miami as well recently?
0: So we What we just did, which was very fun and, and cool as an experience, but also as, to be honest, as a, um, a bit of a testing ground is we did a pop-up in Miami at the Soho house, at the Soho beach house. And we really wanted to kind of test the market and, and see what it would like to be in another city and, and a global city like Miami, especially increasingly global. And it was amazing. I mean, people loved it. We loved it. The response was great. The dinners that we did sold out very fast and there was high demand. They added another night and you know, we could have added more nights, but it was just really great to see the interest Candidly, and the desire to have Indian food and uh, elevated Indian inspired experience right. in cities, you know, candidly, I think the the sky is somewhat opened in terms of where we can take this. Yeah. But that was for sure something that we were very excited by. So, yeah, we were invited by the Soho House to come and do a, a pop up. Um, right around Holy, so we were able to tie yeah. it into Holy, which was really beautiful.
1: That's amazing. So okay, Manish, you need to come back
0: home, my friend. We need you here. I know. So we now, need you I mean, here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine the homecoming would be so beautiful and it would be so important? And and so yeah. So I I actually would. That's that's in the dream circle for sure is the idea of coming back to Dallas. Yes. In some, in some well, way. Well, I'm sure you're time. gonna be busy
1: next weekend. My home is open. I'm here. My, oh, hus- my, so husband, nice. my husband's yeah. actually in India. So uh, come on over, grab a drink if you can. I'll send you my address. Home is always open. Pulling back the curtains a little bit on, on the restaurant business, what is one thing you would want to share with people that you haven't about it? Besides it being tough, and, and you know, we, we've he- we hear stories about the restaurant business, but a tidbit that you could share from your experience.
0: It's interesting because it's, it's, it's a wild ride and I, you know, and it's hard, it is hard and, and everybody knows that. And, and people have actually said to me, he, some, somebody once said to me that he said, you seem way too smart to open a restaurant. And I said, it's, it's funny, but then I tell them my dad's story and my family story. And, and then it kind of makes sense as to why I decided to do this. But I think one thing that I would encourage people to understand and recognize is the amount of heart and effort. And certainly your voice is important, but what we have found, and it's, and, you know, I'll I'll just be a little honest here is that the critiques that we get are very harsh and very intense and more often they're not the harsh critics that come at us are South Asians. And the non-South Asians are the ones who are pumping us up. Why am I not surprised by this? <laughs> I know it's, it's unfortunate. And I and I, I didn't anticipate it. And the non-South Asians who are involved with our restaurant, of which there are many, because I wanted a, a team that was really indicative of New York. They basically, candidly, they, they have said, they're like, I've worked in the industry for 15 years and I've never seen people come at us like this. And I said, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. So we just keep trying to make people happy, but we, you know, and what I'm, of course, talking about is the power of, that, uh, and it's fair, and nothing's changing, but the power of reviews and and the way that there's an expectation that is almost like from the second they walk in the door, we're never going to be able to meet that right. an expectation. And also, I mean, it's 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 everything from you know we try to cater to people and, and take care of them, but some of the demands, let's call them, are so outlandish that. We're, we're a little bit, it, it's tough. And so I think that that's been, that's been a bit of a hard road for us to recognize is that, wow, people, like they, they're going to use that pen very and use their keyboard to however they want to use it. And oftentimes they're, they're really trying to take you down. And, and that's hard because it's been a tough industry. And I think people sometimes say like, you're in New York, you've got Priyanka involved, you've got this or that, whatever. Like we're still a startup business and restaurants operate on a very thin margin.
1: And you're in New York city, like the most competitive city in, in the world. City, yes.
0: Exactly. It's super competitive and it's super expensive to operate and et cetera. And, and we want to be good to all our staff and our team, et cetera. So that I think has been a real awakening for me to just say like, okay, we got to keep touching tables. And if we see something's going wrong or they're unhappy, let me go and see how I can try to fix it because we know, we know the review is coming. And so like what can we do to try to make them feel happier and sometimes you can't like they're just they' they're not they're, there's nothing you can do, but thankfully there's a ton of people who love it and there's a lot of people who come in and really appreciate what we're trying to do and and who we are and and also like i like we just talked about our menu you're not going to find traditional dolls on our menu so if you come in and you're expecting a certain thing, but you know that's the reason menus are published online so if you know you can look before you come and so if it's not what you're looking for, then of course we want you to join us but if if it, you know, we're not offering what you want, then then of course you have choices that you can make. But yeah, so it's it's that's I think been a, a real interesting, unexpected, I should say. And some of it is just really interesting. I mean, before we were open, before we had our first service, we had 88 reviews that were horrible. And we hadn't opened. So this is just you realize, oh, there's a whole system out there of people that are just like, so clearly they're all fake and we try to flag them. And well, you, you, know, you kind and, of think, all, are
1: you, I mean, are they doing it just to get those clicks? Cause it's, it's, it's easier to click on hate, right?
0: Exactly. It's easier to click on hate. And so, the, but if, but I was like, okay, how are you reviewing a place when we're not even open, open yet? Like yeah. our doors aren't uh, open. Yeah. So clearly this is just people, you know, th- People will talk about how bad our lunch is. I was like, well, we we don't serve lunch. We're not open (laughs) for lunch.
1: Yeah, I think you guys need to Google, use google.com a little bit more. Well, this goes into my next question, because as I'm doing a South Asian podcast and talking to South Asians around the world, I am always curious, you know, you are obviously involved in the South Asian scene, if you want to call it lack of a better word. You are also working in the heart of it, in the the coast, New York and, and, and LA are still the heart of it. Our community is growing, right? We're visible in all industries, and, you know, more, way more than we were growing up, you know, in the 80s. Do you think that there's st- still a need for us to learn how to support each other? Do you think it's changing this whole room on the top thing? Because I am still hearing from many of my guests that they are not supported from our own communities.
0: You know, it's so, it's so interesting. And I really, hope, and feel like the tide is turning. But I will tell you that my lived experience has been such that we still crave acceptance from the majority. And so we cater to who we want the acceptance from. And so I can't say that we've reached it, it reached there. But I will say that we have undeniably things are stronger and better than they have been and what I can speak about is the restaurant community, the restaurateur community, the chef community. We are all decidedly in each other's corners because we all deal with the same stuff, and we all know, and we want one of us doing well helps all of us. And so, you know, I'm friends with the guys from Maka and Sema, and it's amazing. I mean, it's kind of this idea of rising tides lift all boats, and so we all really want each other to do well, because we don't see, there's plenty of, you know, we all each have, however many seats in our dining rooms, like there's plenty of seats to feed everybody. So that I have really enjoyed being part of that community. And when we go to each other's restaurants, we feel like we are treated like royalty in some ways, because it's just like, we know what it's like. So I found that and it's been very nice. I think from the outside, it's been a little harder just to say like, Hey, like, you know, let, let's try to support one another. And, and, and sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. And that's just kind of where it's at. But it, it is interesting to hear that it's, it's something that comes up with your other guests as well, because I certainly know now firsthand. And, 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 you know, I say this thing, and I've said it now maybe two or three times, where for many reasons, and this could be a whole other podcast, but I think part of it's growing up in Texas, but I lived my life with many identities that came before my Indian identity. So growing up, I was decidedly I was Texan first. I was almost Texan before I was American.
1: Well, I think we have to be, right? I think it's like a rule here.
0: (laughs) I moved to New York and I became an entrepreneur. Then I became an agency guy. And I finally came to terms with my sexual identity. And I became a member of the gay community. And I became a New Yorker. And I was like, all these things, but I was never really South Asian. Sure. My, my name and my, you know, my appearance might've been, but I didn't work in the space. I didn't necessarily like, I wasn't a prominent, let's call it South Asian. That would, this has kind of become a newer thing for me. But ultimately the reason that I decided to, to reshuffle the deck is because it it's what felt right for me. Right. And I wanted to find this community. I wanted to be a part of this community. I know that i like my shoulders were down and I stood taller when I was in rooms full of this community because the imposter syndrome, no matter how successful I might've been as a entrepreneur in the marketing space with MKG and Pink Sparrow, et cetera, there's still some imposter syndrome that that Always. I was still dealing with. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you know, I really felt it, it dissipate. And so I am like decidedly happier now that my identity first and foremost, and the thing that I'm actually known for is being a South Asian because of really because of Sona and I'm grateful to Sona for giving me that opportunity. And I might've helped to bring it into the world, but it also has helped me because now people will stop me and regardless of where they are or who they are, they're like, Oh, you're the guy from Sona. I was like, yeah, that's right. Like I'm the guy with the Indian restaurant. Right. And so that's, and they'll say that much before they'll say, Oh, you're the guy from temple bar or anything else because that's, that's kind of become very connected to who I am. And so that's a real dream. And so I'm, I'm happy that now in this second half, let's call it, I'm a, you know, I just turned 48. So like, as I head into the second half of my life, I am, I am Indian and I am South Asian and I'm owning that.
1: Well, you answered my next question. So that's amazing. You know, when I think for someone like you, Having grown up kind of in the restaurant business in in India house, it has to be part of your DNA no matter what, you know, even if it kind of went away for a while. It's such a powerful experience you had as a child, right? That was eventually going to come out in some way.
0: It was going to manifest in some ways. And I think the way it really earlier manifested is me being an entrepreneur, because that's what a lot of what I remember my dad being. And so I said, okay, I want to take some risks and I'm going to be an entrepreneur because I saw my dad do that, raise a family of five working for himself. But then there was a part of me that, you know, I did that. And I was, I remember my mom asking me a question when I was first getting into marketing and event marketing, she said, are there any other Indians in this business? And I was like, you know, it's, it's a fair question for you to ask, but it's not a question that I even consider. Like I, I understand why you would ask that question from your, from your life and your mindset and your life and, and your experience. But where I'm coming from, I don't even ask that question. I don't even consider it because I'm going to do it like this Indian's in it. That was fine. And that was a bit of a defense mechanism. And I and I got into the business and I became successful and I built this business. But at a certain point, I think what she was probably asking in, in, in different w- ways was like, are you going to find your people and your community in this industry? And then I walk into now completely doing a 180 and getting into hospitality and starting this Indian restaurant. And I have found community and I have found my people and it's so warm and welcoming. And I love that I can become a, you know, go to the Soho house in Miami and and go there for holy, you know, I'm not going there for like, you know, like just any other thing that everyone's going there for. I'm going there for for a South Asian experience.
1: Yeah. And you're, and you're elevating that too, right? You're, you're making it unique and different. I was looking at Sona home because I just moved, so when you come over to my house, you can tell me what I need. You guys are going to drain me of my bank. I loved everything. I really just quickly wanted to mention I love the fact that you guys were inspired by Atithi Atiti Devobava. I grew up going to Swadia every week. Those pillars are in my mind, and I read that. And I was like, it just hit me emotionally, um I think, so yeah, you're gonna drain me of my bank. I'm just letting you know
0: <laughs> well listen i'm I'm, I'm here to help make your home beautiful. Yes.
1: I want to come over and and help me because I am, you know, Texas, these six, 7,000 square feet homes. I'm like, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. I need help.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. 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 I I will tell you that one of the things that is most appealing to me about that Sanskrit saying is this notion. I mean, you just exemplified it yourself. I mean, we're meeting now, but you've already opened your doors to me and to, to your home. And, I, and it's so core to who we are. So it might seem commonplace, but it's really not in, in the larger world and in, in the orbit, of, I guess, if you will. And that's what's, what we're really trying to do with Sona Home is create a way for people to recognize that to to host and to be hosted is equivalent to worshiping a God, right? I mean, that's, that is who who we are as a people and and what we want to convey and so we have had so much fun developing the line and now promoting the line to the world yeah
1: no I, I instill it in my kids even it's it's been so instilled in me as I has with you but with my kids play dates even I'm like you have to respect your host and vice versa otherwise no more play dates like in a very basic way and it really resonates with them they really do oh yeah respect them like God respect respect our guests like God. I'm like, okay, good. I'm doing some some Hinduism here. It's good. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to give a shout out to was This E Rainbow Parents. Congratulations on the event. I know you so aptly put on one of your posts, you know, we are becoming the aunties and, of, and uncles of tomorrow. What can we, what impact can we have on the next generation? What conversations can we start opening up for them? Um, and I think This E Rainbow Parents is such a, a, an important topic and a platform to have to support you know, and advocate for this parents and, and their kids and for LGBTQ folks to have a place to go to.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you bringing it up. And I, I can never speak about it enough in the sense that visibility matters. And when I was coming to terms with my own identity and it, and it was a long process because I didn't want it to be true because I didn't know any other South Asians or Indians and I just knew of the disappointment I would cause. I mean, we know the focus on marriage that seeps into your mind as a young child, and you just kind of feel like that's going to be how you make your parents proud, and 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 you're you know that's going to be the biggest day for them. And so, who would want to ever take a, that away from your parents? And so, it's so ingrained oh. in you. And then when you suddenly start to realize, wait, hold on, maybe like the fairy tale is not. That 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 doesn't work for me. It, it's hard, and it and it doesn't, and it and it's alienating, and it's lonely, and it's confusing, and and it's all of those things. And I and I, I said in my remarks that night that, as we all know, a mind can be a real gift, but it can be a real adversary as well. And at a real low point, when I was in grad school, so I was you know out of the hullabaloo and the fun of college, and now I was in a little bit of a quiet space of grad school. And at the time when I just couldn't really figure things out, I really convinced myself that I might be the only Indian gay person in the world, which is, it's ludicrous to think about from a logic standpoint, but then, you know, logic is not prevailing at times like that. And, and I was just like, well, if I don't, I don't know, but I don't even think there would be any. and, And so maybe I'm the only one. And if I'm the only one, then am I meant for this world? And, you know, like, so how does it, like, where does this all, lead me. And and that's why, you know, if we are the aunties and uncles of the future of today and tomorrow, then we need to be very visible because there's young kids out there like struggling like I was with the same sense of expectation that they've put on themselves or they might be feeling from their family and their community and recognize that, wait, there's enou- you, you can live the life that you want. You can live on your terms. And sure, there's going to be some challenging conversations and some chapters that might be a little bit harder than other chapters, but there's some beautiful chapters ahead. And, and and so that's I think super important to me for me to to lift up and to raise into the conversation because it wasn't something that I know of, but it's certainly something that I want to give of.
1: Think about this, Manish. You went from thinking you're the only gay Indian male in the world to creating a
0: platform for you know the next generation. That's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, that's that's really the dream and I yeah and I see it. I mean people DM me sometimes and it just makes me feel really I, I just make it I I love and I encourage people to I say just keep living your truth and whatever even yeah. if it's five percent truth today, tomorrow it might be six percent and right. you know, and you're gonna you'll get keep there. living your truth. You'll get there. Yeah, and and, get there. and know that there are legions of people out there whose shoulders you can stand on. Totally. And, you the, know, the
1: cool aunties and uncles. We're going to be the cool aunties and uncles of tomorrow.
0: Exactly. We're the cool ones. We're the ones that open minds, open hearts, gonna want, open you're gonna doors. Wanna, you're
1: going to want to dance with us on tables eventually. Promise. Exactly.
0: Come on in.
1: Okay. Fast round. So first thing that comes to your mind, and then I will let you go until you come to Dallas. Perfect. What personality trait are you most proud of?
0: My gregariousness.
1: Describe yourself in one word. Fun. What is your biggest pet peeve?
0: Misspelled words.
1: (laughs) We really are related. How do you want to be remembered by the people around
0: you? To have loved them unconditionally.
1: Who would be, or what, or organization would be your ultimate collab for this year? Dream collaboration.
0: I would say that I would love to collab with, and this is funny, but it's true. I'm a huge lover of ice cream and I would love to collab Sona X Van Leeuwen or one of these amazing ice cream companies to, to create a capsule collection of, of like a chai ice cream and a mango lassi ice cream and a, mm-hmm leachy ice cream and, you know, all these great ice creams that, that we serve at Sona that I would love to do it, it, it in a collab way with and make it big.
1: I feel like this could happen. Come to Austin and we'll do Amy's, right?
0: Yeah. amys That's a great one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If all goes awry, you lose all your money and everything goes downhill and you can't say family or friends because that's, that's already included. What do you consider bare bones for happiness besides the family and
0: friends? First of all, the memories. So the memories will serve me for a long time because there's been a lot that has been done. And the, there's a lot that I, have, I, I stand very proud of. But really for bare bones happiness, it would be me and my son and my husband. And I know, you know that's family, but it was just the three of us and like a backyard. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of all we need.
1: Uh, the three of you and like nature, right? Of some sort
0: yeah in nature exactly nature being outside being together laughing i mean he's he's we adopted him about 10 months ago okay and so every day still feels like we're getting to know one another and he was a year when we adopted him a year old and so it's it's just a real joy to be around each other and so the discovery process Mm -hmm. is still unfolding so so i guess just being, being outside in nature would be beautiful
1: Document it all. Manish, document it all.
0: Document it all. That's right. Yes. That's
1: right. Tuckered Out is hosted by me, Ami Tucker. This episode is produced by Jeannie Media with Jeannie Saraswathy, Ashley Tuff, Micah Sweetman, Hans Andres, and Laura Radescu. You can follow me at Tuckered Out Podcast on Instagram. And please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast.